0: Have you ever heard God tell you something that you should do and you just didn't want to do it? Maggie Combs was stretched beyond her abilities as a mom of three boys, three and under, and God asked her to write a book to minister to moms. I'm your host, Haley Williams, and this is Kindled, a podcast where women share stories of motherhood, work, and the grace we need for both. We talk about grace-filled limitations and God's power in our weakness as we release expectations and embrace imperfection. Guys, this is the last week you can join my eight-week program, Launch What You Love, that teaches you how to launch and grow a business. Let me tell you why I'm excited about this course. Because I believe that when you can tap into accessing your skills gifts and abilities to provide both a means of glorifying god in your work and a means of taking care of your family and experiencing the joy of truly living into who god made you to be it is one of the most beautiful and mysterious transactions that takes place in this life it doesn't involve the exchange of money but rather a spiritual exchange where you trade work for purpose profit for the power of god and achievement for a holy pursuit of god's glory so if that sounds like you, if that sounds interesting to you, come to my free training tomorrow night on Tuesday, October 16th at 7 p.m. Central. I'm going to share how I have built a business that enables me to stay home with my girls and also make a really awesome income from for a work-at-home mom. So if you want to join us, just go to haleywilliams.co and click on the box at the top of the page to register for that free training. All right, here's my conversation with Maggie. Okay, so today on Kindled, we are talking with Maggie Combs and she is the author of a book called Unsupermommy. Maggie, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: You're welcome. Glad to be here.
0: So, I think I first heard you on Journey Women. Your book, you talked about your book and your family and kind of the story of like what God did in your life through bringing you to actually become a writer. But I would love for you to explain to people who you are and a little introduce your family to us.
1: Okay, well, I'm Maggie. I'm 33, which I always have to do the math on. (laughs) And I married my husband almost 11 years ago. And we have three little boys. Isaac is a first grader. And then I have a five-year-old and a four-year-old who are in preschool a few days a week. And we live on a little farm together. It actually is my parents' hobby farm I grew up on. Oh wow. And they like we built a house next door to theirs about a year ago. And so we live right next door to grandma and grandpa. And oh, we wow. like share some animals together, horses, cows, and fainting goats. So <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of my family in a nutshell. That is so fun. You you basically live at a petting zoo. Yes. And uh, (laughs) people kind of treat it accordingly.
0: Yeah, that is (laughs) so
1: fun. Can we come see your animals? Yeah, yeah. That's part of why we have them to be good hosts and to practice hospitality to other families. So
0: That's so cool. My girls would die. They love cows and goats and horses. Those are always like the ones they want to go see at the petting zoo. First it's cows and then horses. So (laughs) that's so fun. I need to meet someone around where I live with a with a hobby farm because <laughs> I don't want to fight the crowds of the petting zoo every time that they want to see animals. But man, that's so cool! Yeah. So you wrote a book. How long ago was this that you wrote on Supermommy?
1: Well, I started in 2014, uh, like winter of 2014, and then it was published in April of 2017. So. Okay. So now it's been about 18 months or so since my first book was published. And it's about my experience of having three boys born in three years because my youngest two boys are only 13 months apart. So God really did a lot of humbling in my life through that and (laughs) taught me like that I can't be the best mom. I honestly can't even be a good mom when I'm trying to
0: do it by my own power. So yeah. That's true. That's very true. I was living that living that truth earlier today because uh, I ha- this is launch day for me for a product that I've been building for six months. And I was telling you before we started recording that I didn't have childcare today, which I just didn't really think through. I kind of thought like, oh, it won't really be that big of a deal. But I think I underestimated how stressed I would be with like tying up loose ends and just little things um, here and there. And I just felt like I was literally just being mean mom all morning, like just no patience, like eat faster. Let's go get in the stroller. We're going on a walk, like have fun. (laughs) You know, just like, I don't know, just like turning into turning into mean mom. And I was just like, this is too funny that I'm talking to you later today about how like we, we can't even be good moms. Like we, in our best efforts, and even in our half halfway efforts, I'm not even a good mom. So, um, so I
1: call that the kingdom of mom, what you were doing this morning. Okay. Yeah. Tell <laughs> me more the kingdom of mom, you know, where everyone is kind of there to serve us and mm-hmm. if they cause issues, then we kind of bring down the hammer on them.
0: Yeah. So, you, 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 have- I'm, I mean, I'm ready. I'm ready. Just bring it. Just
1: <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to live for the kingdom of mom. We want to <laughs> live for the kingdom of God. And so no. when we like, recognize that we're doing that setting ourselves up as sovereign we can take a moment to pause and say okay god is sovereign and he brought these circumstances into my life like he brought Mm -hmm. Haley the experience of launch day kind of underestimating the work then still having your girls and he was sovereign over that circumstance and it's not a surprise to him and he if you're choose to take the focus off of yourself and put it back on God and trust him that he will equip you to do what he has given you to do that day instead of running around striving, trying to do it all yourself, and then forcing all your people to live for you too. Mm. And it helps them to see what living God looks like, living for God looks like when we change our perspective and focus on him instead and those experiences so then then the good mom stuff kind of flows naturally because we're staying connected to the vine Mm -hmm. and the when we get the fruit of the holy spirit and so when we don't try to live by our power when we try to live by where when we focus on god and receive his power then we get like good mom without it being like forced Mm -hmm. and part of our good works instead of um, part of our faith in Jesus.
0: Okay. I could probably have you like re-explain that three times before it actually would totally sink in because it's, I just think it's like the, yeah, I mean, it's the center of so much of our lives as moms and especially moms that work. I mean, in any capacity, like whether that's in or out of the home, it can be so easy. It is just too easy to turn everything into the kingdom of mom. I think there's a particular, like a particularly hard, Lie to sometimes identify in your own heart when you when you are actually doing what God has called you to do, or like when you think that you're being obedient, you're like, I'm doing this thing that is really important. And God has asked me to do it. So get out of the way. <laughs> you know? yeah, that's yeah. how I feel sometimes. I'm like, you guys are just a hindrance or you're in my way. You're kind of you're stopping me. Like if I didn't have you here asking me for more snacks or getting in fights or spilling your milk or whatever how much more could I accomplish? And, mm-hmm. and like, I know that thought is sin when I think it, but it's really hard, even though I know that that's not truth. It's really hard for me to make my heart believe that, like, I know it up here, but my heart is still feels that pull and that tension of like, but I still, like, I still really want it, you know, like I'm in, in my sinful nature. Like I still want that, that thing that I want. I want that kingdom of myself. And it's, I mean, I don't know. I, I know that, that we're not, we're not, uh, you know, fully, fully made like Jesus yet. Like we are, we are becoming like him and sanctification is that process of becoming more and more like him, but it's, it's exactly through circumstances like that.
1: It's especially tricky when it's involved with ministry, Mm -hmm. uh, when your work is also your ministry. Um, so one of the things that I like to tell myself and tell other women is we first are responsible for the thing that God has put like right at the end of our nose and so (laughs) as moms like that's our husband and our kids and the rest of the ministry has to come second to that Mm -hmm. or we're not working for God's kingdom anymore we're working for our own you know and it's like there can be a question about like should I be even involved in this really good ministry right now or not? But there's never a question of whether God has asked you to be in the ministry of motherhood. Like if you right. gave kids, yeah. So we have to be really careful. Like, is this is this good thing I want to be doing for God's kingdom? Like hindering me from being able to mm-hmm. um, give my kids and my husband the best part of me instead of just the leftovers,
0: you know? Yeah. So convicting. Um, Wow. Do you do counseling? (laughs) I feel like (laughs) you—you either you just had this conversation so many times with Uh, yourself and with other people. I actually do
1: mentor writers, so that's part part of it. (laughs) I have a little writing writing mentoring program that just opens up a few times a year called Gospel Driven Words. So if anyone is interested in that, it'll be, op- it'll open again in December. But if you follow me, you're not going to like miss it, you know? It's so cool.
0: That's awesome. And when did you start that? Um,
1: this was my, September was my first time ever. And so I do like a month with mm-hmm. um, like last month I had just two. And then this month I opened it up to three and it, we, they get like, we walk through the process step-by-step step of the best way to write an essay Mm -hmm. um because a lot of women have feel god's calling in their life to be a writer but they have like literally no training at all Mm -hmm. and so they might have a lot of um just raw talent but we can kind of hone that in i can give them some tools to um make essay writing easier and then they do like an hour or so of voxer conversation back and forth discussing the material Mm. and then i edit their essay at the end as well and give them some action steps so that's so awesome i just started that
0: that's really cool that's a great I've been,
1: idea i've been doing it
0: informally with my writing
1: group for like a year
0: yeah so. <laughs> okay well that's awesome so like i know that you have you've mentioned to me that you were resistant in the beginning to like to writing at all or was it to write did you have a specific book that you knew god was calling you to write like talk walk me back to to you before you were writing, and what did that process look like for you?
1: Sure. Well, um, I always assumed I would write a book. Actually, I was
0: like, you know, always loved
1: English. I was an English major. I remember I thought when I kissed dating goodbye came out. I thought, oh, yes. I'm totally going to write the book about how great I am. I' going to be at dating or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I thought I'd write like a Christian dating book, which is like oh, okay just you know you think so highly of yourself at 13 or uh-huh. <laughs> and then um after I got married we moved to a different state and I was super lonely and I wrote a novel oh. um, a, a YA fantasy novel and then I went to a writing conference and realized how hard it is to get published and I was like I'm never going to write a book I like I'm not gonna do that that's too much work and of course God who has a great sense of irony <laughs> then called me to write on super mommy. And I really resisted like really hard. You know, I'd had the three boys in three years and it was a traumatic experience. Oh my gosh, super overwhelmed. And I just felt like all I can do is survive every day. And I talked to my mom a lot and she's like a trained biblical counselor. Mm. And their big thing is we do what we do because we want what we want. Mm. And that concept was so like perspective shifting in my own motherhood that I was like where's a motherhood book that like covers this and Mm -hmm. I couldn't find one and I was like okay who needs to write this book and I just felt like god you know I'm like up feeding this baby at like six months old Mm -hmm. Up in the night, a bunch of times. This is what I'm thinking about, you know, and like, who's talking about this on Instagram? And I just couldn't find anyone. And I was like, who's gonna write this guy? And I just like felt like that quiet sense of you will. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, 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 no. I mean, I don't have a blog. I don't have time to have a blog. I have like 200 Instagram followers and I know all of them personally, you know? Yeah. So I just really wanted God to use someone who already had a platform. Like I want women to have this message and I feel it burning inside of me, but I like can one of those other women who already like have this stuff going (laughs) on. Like, can you just have them do this message Mm -hmm. please? You know? Yeah. And I really went basically kicking and screaming into the process. And so I'd like write a chapter and then I'd like, stop it, stop doing it. And I'd like write a chapter and I'd like, no, I'm not going to do that anymore. And it was like people, God just kept bringing people into my life who would say like, make some encouragement about my writing or something. And literally I hadn't told anyone I was doing this except my husband. And so it was just, it was really hard too, because I had my boys, they were six month old, 18 month old and three and a half when I started. And I just kept telling myself, like, I can't possibly manage this. Like who, like, I'm literally just feel like holding on by my fingernails to like keeping these kids alive every day. And you want me to add like writing on top of it. Um, (laughs) And so I found that God gave me like, the perfect he he answered my problems with surviving motherhood and my problem with I can't do this writing thing um with the same answer which was that his grace is sufficient for me and his power is made perfect in my weakness Mm -hmm. so that that means it doesn't matter how weak we feel Mm. because that's just the starting place for God to work through his power. So, even though I felt so limited in wisdom, I felt limited in time, um, I felt limited by even like having a clearly thinking brain because I wasn't sleeping, mm-hmm. you know, God kept prodding me through his word and these random pieces of encouragement to persevere by his power. And Psalm 139 5 says, You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me and hemming in is, like, God giving us grace-filled limitations, and my grace-filled limitation for writing on Supermommy was actually that I had three boys in three years, because it meant that, like, I had two boys 13 months apart. I couldn't, like, safely take them to playdates anymore and watch both of them, and so, mm-hmm. like, I had to stop doing playdates. Like, I had to go through a season where I wasn't, couldn't go to Bible study. I couldn't, literally, like, just could not leave my house, and so that was, like, a graceful limitation that allowed me to do the job he had asked me to do during that time. And then Psalm 139.5 says, and you lay your hand upon me. That's like God's guidance in our life. And so he gives us these limits that we like just want to push against and like break against or use as excuses of why we can't do something. But really, it's God's guiding hand to show us what tasks and roles and priorities he has for our life in this season.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really good. I want to go back to something you said when you first started talking about this was that quote that your mom uses in her counseling Mm -hmm. um, that like inspired this whole thing. Yeah. We do what we do because we want what we want. Yeah. Can you unpack what that means or what that meant to you when you heard that? Sure. Um,
1: It means that our... Our actions, a lot of times, I think especially as moms, like you were talking about being, you know, angry mom or mad mom Mm -hmm. or whatever. It's like, why am I even doing this right now? Like, it Mm -hmm. feels like mystifying. It's like you can pull, you almost like pull back and above and look down on yourself and see yourself like yelling at your kids or whatever. And you're like, why, why am I doing this? And in James it says that our desires give birth to sin. And so we do what we want do because we want what we want says that those sins that we just like are like, why? Why am I doing this? I want to stop. I can't Mm -hmm. stop. I you know, have no control over this are really rooted in a desire for something that has placed itself above our desire for God. Right. So like when you're when you were upset with your kids earlier today, like that was you placing the desire to do like your best job at this launch Mm -hmm. above like the circumstances, the God's sovereignty over the circumstances for your day. Right. So that's why it's so important for us to like be constantly checking in with God through abiding throughout our day so that we can submit those good desires to him and keep him as the focus.
0: Yeah. That was reminding me of uh Romans 7:15 when Paul's talking about, you know, why do I do what I do not want to do? I hate yeah. what I'm doing and he's explaining um that he knows that it's his sinful nature and he has the desire to do what is good but cannot carry it out. Um mm-hmm. and it's that sin nature inside of us that wants, you know, wants what we want like you're saying yeah. and that's why we're doing what we're doing because we are we are living into that instead of into you know, the freedom that Christ has purchased for us and that we can live in, but we're choosing to live in that kingdom of self or that kingdom of mom. And yeah. And I, I mean, it's true that sometimes those grace-filled limitations are there just because otherwise we will think that we did it all on our own strength, you know, otherwise we will be like, look at how, awesome. I am, you know, but it's like, here's this limitation of two little kids who, you know, are fighting or needy or whatever, or three little boys who you can't take anywhere. And you're like, okay, like, this is how I'm going to, this is how it's going to go down. And, and it's funny because it's like, God knew that all along, you know, he isn't surprised by our circumstances. Like he's, he is sovereign over them. And I think it's just, I can't, stop being surprised by how he's working, but I know he's not surprised. I'm just like, oh, wow. You know, it's, I feel like it takes me, you know, weeks to catch up with him. You know, and yeah. be like, oh, I think, oh like, that's what you're doing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Anytime
1: I have a day where something like big is happening, like God always seeks to humble me. And so that I don't, because I mean, my, my tendency in my heart is always to elevate my own work and what I did. And he is always like. I'm going to kindly just take that away. Mm-hmm. Like you can't, your work didn't do anything here. You were obedient and that's your job. And my job is to produce the fruit. So I'm going to take you out of it while I produce fruit over here. You know, right.
0: like so kind of him. <laughs> yes. I, that analogy was coming to mind earlier when I was on a walk with my girls of feeling like I couldn't find the time in my day or I wouldn't have the time to do what I thought I needed needed to do to create the harvest you know I feel like I've been planting all these yeah. seeds and pl- <laughs> planting all these seeds and burying them and watering them and cultivating them and now it's time to harvest and I'm like I just can't get to it I just like I can't and it's like that desperation that it's like I can't get there with everything all the tools I can't get there and mm-hmm. I totally heard God be like that is my job like you are not the harvester. (laughs) Like I am the harvester. You are the worker. You are supposed to be faithful with planting and faithful with watering. But ultimately I'm the one cultivating what grows and I'm the one that will produce the harvest. And it's so hard. The glory. (laughs) Yes, yes. Like, which, you know, we say like, oh yeah, you know, what is the chief end of man? To glorify God and enjoy him forever. Like, so if that is our chief end, there should be no disconnect. But we often really get we really do get distracted. I do get really distracted by like, well, where is my glory in this? Or what how is my image or how is my name going to be, you know, perceived or built or whatever, um, by anything that I'm doing, you know, and it and it becomes way too much about me. And I know it's not just because I'm a three on the Enneagram. <laughs> <laughs> I know that has something to do with it, but I know it's way more to do with my sin nature than than my Enneagram number. But um mm-hmm. oh man, it's good. <laughs> It's really good. So how do you feel, I guess, how long did you fight like that calling? Like how long until you were kind of like resisting and then you gave in?
1: Well, okay. Well, I gave in and was just like, I'm going to be obedient and do it probably about mm, eight months or so into it. Okay. Um, but I still struggle with that obedience. Mm. It's not just like a one and done thing. Um, I still have so many days where I want to give up. <laughs> I often feel envious of moms who I think you have free time because when your kids go to preschool or whatever, you don't have like a job that you're trying to fit into that time. Mm-hmm. Like people, especially with like this, my first experience having all my kids in preschool, like, oh, are mm-hmm. you going to go work out or whatever? And it's like, no, <laughs> no, I'm going <laughs> to get something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I like have this tendency uh to think well their free time isn't filled up with writing which is really Mm. a little bit ridiculous because that's probably how I want to spend my free time anyways but because it's my job it makes me go like but that's not fair and I've got this really like sad inner voice a lot of the time Mm. and God is always gently or not so gently when I let it go too far bringing me back to focus on him instead of myself um because when I focus on him I remember that When I'm most uncomfortable and feel the most ill-equipped, that's when God is setting it up so that he'll receive all the glory, what we were just talking about.
0: Yeah, I love that. That needs to be a pull quote. (laughs) When we're most uncomfortable or feel most ill-equipped, that's when he's going to get all the glory. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. What is it like now that you're, you said, you know, it's an ongoing thing. It's not just like, Mm -hmm. okay, I obeyed once and I never had to obey again. Like, you know, of course you've got kind of that temptation knocking at your doorstep or, you know, you talked about your inner voice that you hear like that. Like, and I think everybody has, everybody has that, that within them because we're all, you know, sinful, but I think that it presents itself differently. So for me, you know, I'm this in the same spot where when I drop off at preschool, I go home as fast as I can. I work as hard and as fast as I can that whole five hours, I don't, I, I barely won't even text my husband back. Like I am like, don't bother me. Like nobody, nobody yeah. interrupt me. And, um, and I think my inner voice like tends to be more judgmental of someone who isn't using their time wisely. Okay. Like if yeah. I see a friend who's like, you know, going to just enjoy her time, mm-hmm. I'm like, ah, well, I I mean I'm just working. I'm working really hard, you know? It's like, but I think oh, I, I also
1: I'm sorry, I don't have time for that because I'm just working. So. I'm just
0: really important. Yeah. Which <laughs> <laughs> everyone's gonna be like, wow, Haley sounds like a real bee. <laughs> but just real talk. Um, yeah, yeah, no. And, and I think there's jealousy there too. Cause I'm like, oh, I wish I, you know, had enough, I wish that I had enough actual working time. So I could just yeah. get a pedicure during this time. I mean, mm-hmm. or go work out or whatever and not do that at five forty-five in the morning. But
1: yeah. And I think we also forget that like a lot of times as women are like doing really good work during that time, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, they're yeah, taking not, care of their bodies, they're taking care of their homes, they might be pouring into a right. ministry that they're a part of, and we like, yeah, but we have a tendency to be like, oh, you don't have an and, well, you know, mm-hmm. I have an and, motherhood, and mm-hmm.
0: this. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's like, it's a really sticky slope, and I think that's when we, that's what happens when we start, like, looking around, instead of yeah. looking at what God asked us to do,
0: you Yeah. Know? Yeah, like <laughs> I don't know if it's like keep your head down and look at your work or keep your head up and look at God, but it, it, when you're doing anything other than one of those things, like mm-hmm. it's yeah, it becomes that comparison. It's like that's not helpful because I don't, I wasn't called to live her life, I wasn't called right. to do what she was called to do, and she's not called what I'm doing here. So I can't, yeah. there's no comparison. It's like comparing apples and oranges. We are yeah. different people with different, you know, gifts and different skills and different journeys that God has us on for very different reasons. So there's just no comparison that can even be made.
1: Yeah. Um, and we've been, we've all been equipped for what
0: we were given, not yeah. what
1: someone else was given,
0: you right. know? Right. Yeah. Very true. So what do you feel is the hardest part for you about being a working mom? Cause you're, you're kind mm-hmm. of, I wouldn't say like, you know, um, an unwilling working mom, but it took something for you to like, actually, it wasn't something you started out pursuing per se. It was like, God invited you into something he was doing. And through that, you became a mom that is also working. Like you said, um, what, what's the hardest part for you about that?
1: So, I mean, it was like, just when I, once I said, okay, I'm ready to, I'm willing, I'm going to write this book. I'm going to be really committed to it. I did was not committing to being a working mom. In my okay. mind, mm-hmm. um, I was like, I'm just going to write this book because God asked me to do it. And then I'm going to check it off my list. And then I'm going to go back to what my original plan was. And mm-hmm. I was going to self-publish. And I was thinking sell like maybe 200 copies to my friends, you know? Mm-hmm. And have it be something I can like give out to women that I see struggling with what I struggle with. And then um, I like very begrudgingly by my husband's wisdom like allowed myself to pray that God might, you know, bring a traditional publisher to me. And then, I mean, this is not how it happens ladies, if you're a writer and I cannot replicate this process for myself even, (laughs) but um, I prayed one day. And the next morning a publisher contacted me, someone I knew growing up actually worked for a Christian publisher. It was like, Hey, I see that you're writing a book on Facebook. I saw you talking about that. Would you be, you know, I, I work for Christian Publisher. Would you like to meet with me? And I was like, sure. He's gonna be like so nice and give me good advice about self-publishing. And he was like, We met and he was like, Yeah, I think we probably want to publish this. And I was like, wow. Okay. And then I was like to my husband, but I don't want a traditional publish because then it's like an actual job. Like yeah. I have responsibility to somebody outside of myself, you know, yeah. Yeah. for the work that I'm doing. And so I still struggle with it. So I mean For me, the struggle is always anytime it stretches me past my own abilities. Mm -hmm. You're going to hear like, this is just a recurring theme in my life. (laughs) Anytime something I'm like, I'm like one of those people who just wants to be not the best at something, but really capable of it and know that I can do it and do it well. Mm -hmm. And so anything that the hardest part about being a working mom for me is that it consistently stretches me past my own abilities. Mm-hmm. But one thing that God has taught me is that we as Christians like to say like, God won't give you anything more than you can handle. Not <laughs> true. <laughs> nope, that's like literally the exact opposite of his plan for us. right? Like, um, I think God makes the practice of giving people bigger jobs than they appear to be equipped for. Right. So that then his glory will shine through our really weak vessels and um, but when we respond to his prompting with our yes, instead of trying to get out of it, like I mm-hmm. often do, and when we rely on his power instead of our own, then he gets glory in a really special kind of way.
0: Yeah, that's really good. I think that's like, yeah, the, that saying is, for some reason, makes me go back to childhood and picture my grandma's fridge because she had a magnet that was something like that yeah yeah i won't give you more than you can handle and then next to it was like you know the foot feet walking on the sand or something yes. what's that
1: one in like the tiny little print tiny so that yeah. they can do the
0: whole thing about like you
1: can't see god's feet walking beside you or yeah it like it's
0: partner? yeah <laughs> it's like it's like a poem like footprints on the sand footprints yes, on the sand or something like, mushing away with the waves and yeah 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 it's like you were walking alone but someone was there with you the whole time anyways okay enough of that but I think it's always uh, like
1: if something gets said too often start going like wait what yeah meet up with scripture like anytime Uh everybody's quoting something right I try to make a practice of
0: asking myself like how does that line
1: up with the bible
0: what the bible actually? Teaches us Right. Because we know that the Bible is not ever going to be popular. You know, Jesus said, like, you're going to be enemies of the world because I have been an enemy of the world. Like that's, that is what you're going to be if you follow me. And a lot of times we're, you know, I think people just want to be a friend of the world, but also somehow carry the truth. And it's like, that is, you know, I'm not saying you don't love people. It's just Mm -hmm. that it's, it's not a popular, it's not a popular message.
1: Yeah, if unchristian if non-Christians are going, Yeah, 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 then mm-hmm. probably it's missing the Bible.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I love that. Anytime you're stretched past your own abilities. Yeah, and I pictured like I'm probably should not even be quoting this because I don't remember this Bible story fully, but I know when Moses' arms, like Aaron has mm-hmm. to hold up Moses' arms, right? Is yeah. that am I saying it right? Yeah.
1: Yep. We um, and talk about that a lot in my writing group. We say like, I'm just going to hold up your arms right now.
0: Okay. And because it, they were it, in you a battle right? You. Mm-hmm. and every time that they yeah. held up his arms, they were winning. And when he, when he lowered his arms, they were losing. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
1: if you're okay. going to be, I think that's really important as, um, you know, as a working mom to like, have a friend or a husband or your mom or whoever like someone that you can like literally just go to and say like I don't want to do this anymore even though I think God has asked me to do it and mm-hmm. I and I don't mean that like you have to have a ministry like on am super mommy I mean like any any secular work that God has asked you to do as well mm-hmm. like just to have someone who knows like because often we want to put on our best selves to everyone and be like I've got this all together, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But someone that you can honestly go to and say, like, I don't have this together. I'm falling apart right now. I need, I need you to speak truth into my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, about what God has, how God has equipped me and the gospel mm-hmm. and my own imperfection and his perfection
0: so that I can keep going right now.
1: Yeah. Otherwise we will always give up.
0: <laughs> right. Right. And like the other thing that's really cool about that visual and that story that I think we can take away for our own lives is that, you know, if you talk about a grace-filled limitation, like Moses was weak. He was Mm -hmm. too weak to even hold his arms up. So one might go, well, God, if, if if the battle victory requires his arms to be up, well, why didn't you pick someone else? Like why not pick a younger, stronger man who could hold his own arms up? And it's like, that's the exact point that God, that's, that is exactly why he chose Moses because he needed to be supported. He needed help. And then through that, like, we actually don't look at Moses or Aaron, we look at God, like where our vision is redirected. And instead of seeing him like, oh, wow, like you are a miracle worker. You're the one that did this. We look, we look to God because we know like the source of that strength isn't, isn't either one of them like this? This battle is not. There's no magical tie between your yeah. arms and them winning. It's it's the power of God, you know. And mm-hmm. so it's just crazy yep. how I love that. Love that. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's so clear and it's so evident, but it's so hard to be the one with the weak arms. <laughs> you know, it's, so <laughs> it's never fun to have the weak arms. <laughs> it's just not fun. <laughs> I hate to have the weak arms. <laughs> yes. Oh man. Um, this conversation is just like the really good timing for me. (laughs) I was was like, I am going to need some prayer and laying of hands before my husband comes home because he's going to be like, what happened to you today? (laughs) (laughs) So what advice would you give to someone who feels God asking them to do something, but they don't want to. And I know you just mentioned like, find, find a buddy, find a friend kind of, uh, but like what? What would you say to someone who hasn't even taken any steps forward yet?
1: So the advice I'm going to give them is that they should read First Corinthians 1 and 2. <laughs> and I'm going to read for you 1, 26 through 31. Okay. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. This is like really good news. God loves to use people who don't seem to fit the job description. So find the things in the Bible that remind you of that. Like Moses, he's an Israelite raised as an Egyptian, and God uses him to lead the Israelites out of captivity, even though Moses's first response to God was like, I can't do this. I'm a bad talker. Like mm-hmm. you've made the wrong choice. Sounds mm-hmm. really familiar to me. Um, and, you know, he, he, his obedience was pretty begrudging in the middle. And like, then think of like where Moses is by the time that he dies. like the sanctification and the trust mm-hmm. that God grows in him through the act of responding in obedience. Mm -hmm. And then you've got Paul, he's like the Jewish, Jewish best of the best and the Christian killer. Mm -hmm. And then God says, no, I'm going to take that man and use him to bring the gospel to the Gentiles. You know, and then there's like David, he's just the youngest child in a large family of boys. And nobody cares about the youngest boy in that society. And he becomes the greatest king in Israel's history. And so If you feel like you lack wisdom and power, if you feel weak, low, if you feel overlooked, perfect. God (laughs) looks at that and he says, I can use her because in her weakness, my power is perfect. And because Christ will stand for us as our wisdom, our righteousness, our sanctification and redemption. So we don't have to be the best. We don't have to be a sinless person. We don't have to be the strongest woman. Um, We just have to have access to Jesus. Mm. And in that way, when God works through us, he will get all the glory. And then we just get to boast in his greatness instead of our own. So I think really... If you're just starting off on the path and you don't want to do something, just immerse yourself in script, like look in scripture. What does God say about when we're weak? What does God say about when he, like what people does God choose to do his work Mm -hmm. and let, let those, you know, be part of that band of imperfect people say like, I can do that. Like I can give you just my weakness. Mm-hmm. I mean we can all do that, yeah, and the cool thing is then we receive joy then, like we are obedient, and God produces the fruit, and we don't necessarily get the fruit ourselves, but we get the fruit of joy in our lives, like the joy mm-hmm. of being part of the work that God is doing, yeah, so
0: that's a really, really key point there um that you just slid in. So we, it's in the parable
1: of the talents, which is part of what God, used it's when I finally said, okay, God, I'm going to actually write the book. That was because I was reading in Matthew 25, the parable of the talents mm-hmm. and the talents are money in that parable, but it's talking about the gifts that God has given us. And he gives one person five and one person three and one person, one talent. And like the person who gets one talent buries it in the sand because he just wants to like keep it precious because he thinks that's what God wants him to do with it is just like, keep this thing carefully Mm -hmm. instead of using it to produce more. And so we have just all been given these gifts. So then when, when the master comes back, the the guy who had five talents made 10 and the guy who had three talents made six and one talent, He just brings the one. And so it's like they give the harvest back to God. Mm -hmm. But then it says that the two who produced the harvest and gave it back to God get to enter into the joy of the master. Mm. And like, that's the gift that we receive when we, that's the gift we receive when we respond in obedience, when we allow him to be sovereign over the fruit. And then we like, instead of like hoarding the fruit for ourselves and Mm -hmm. like, obsessing over building our own um brand or Mm -hmm. whatever we're trying to do online but just like continuously and we have to do this like every day right like nope Mm -hmm. that fruit's his that fruit's his I'm not going to look at those numbers or if I do I'm going to stop and praise God for them or whatever yeah then we get joy yeah in the master not Mm -hmm. in the fruit
0: yeah such a hard, but good truth, because, yeah, we may not get like sometimes I think he does he does allow us to experience the fruit of our labors and and you know whether that's like an obedient child that you know you see growth in or you see you know you see like their heart turning towards Jesus or apologizing without being asked whatever, like that's to me like that that's fruit of labor, right mm-hmm. but but sometimes we don't get to see the fruit of our labor, and and a lot of times, like you said, it's it's not ultimately for us; it's for him. And that like that work that those two men, the workers in the fields, did to bring in a bigger harvest by like planting, you know, their their whatever it was, their talent and or I don't know, multiplying it. They did that yeah, work. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't ultimately for them to enjoy the fruit, and and that's what's so hard about. Like that's one thing that I think is extremely hard about being a woman in business and in ministry and in motherhood in this day and age, because I mean, it's so, it's just so tempting to make it all about like numbers. And is this successful based on what the world tells me is successful? Like, here's what my conversion rate should be. Mm Is it, am I converting? You know, if not, then what's broken. And, and I'm not saying that we abandon that and that none of it ever matters. Um, but I am saying that like, God looks at things differently than man does. And so just because you are obedient and you do the work and you take the risk and you follow him and you don't see what you expected to see doesn't mean it was for nothing because nothing is wasted with God. And the fruit that he's producing may be different fruit than what you wanted to see, you know, and maybe it's the fruit in you and not the fruit of your actual labors. Maybe it's the fruit of You will be obeying him joyfully and not getting to see all these numbers or more money or more followers or more books or whatever the thing is, you know, um, maybe it's a it's different fruit. And and I think that's like something that, you know, we have to, like you said, we have to remind ourselves of and, and be reminded of like every single day.
1: Yeah, our work is valuable first for the fruit that it produces in our own heart, like mm-hmm. for the ways that it sanctifies us and draws us nearer to God. And yeah. then and like and then everything else is like a bonus. Yeah. On top of that. Yes, yeah, exactly. Sometimes 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 we get big bonuses and sometimes they're baby bonuses.
0: <laughs> Oh man. So can we pray for the big bonus or do we pray for joy either way?
1: (laughs) I think both, you know, it's like, well, Lord, like bless this endeavor. Like I believe it's of you and I believe that it's going to benefit other people if I do good work here, but, but your will be done. And you know best I've done all of the things and I've read all the books and I've, you know, then everything that I can do within the limitations that you have given me, and mm-hmm. you will do the work or you won't do the work, but it's
0: valuable between me and you first and foremost. You yeah, know? I love it. Thank you for this free therapy session. This has been great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally kidding, but I'm serious. Um, no, it's just been so fun to connect with you and hear more about your story. And I know that that your particular story is going to encourage a lot of women who find themselves at that place of knowing that there, there's something in their heart that God is kind of tapping on and it's uncomfortable. And, um, I love everything that you said and I know it's going to touch a lot of people. So Glad thank you. Here. So where can people find you online and connect with you and get your book and all of that?
1: Um, they can grab my book on like Christian book or Amazon or Barnes Noble.com. Um, and then online i'm at unsupermommy and that's where i do most of my writing i i have a website unsupermommy.com but i'm not like a big blogger okay. if you follow me on instagram or facebook at unsupermommy you'll get most of my content that way and then mm-hmm. most of the like essays and stuff i write I go to other websites so i'll always let you know there like where
0: you can find me around the internet as mm-hmm. well so. okay cool Awesome. Yep. Well, thank you so much. um It's been awesome to chat with you, Maggie. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting to know you even more online. And I I want to read your book. I reserve my actual reading for like very important books. So I'll go ahead and actually read it.
1: <laughs> it's like so gracefully short. It's, okay. Okay. Yeah. Like it's it's meant for moms who are too busy for it. So it's really short. Yes. And
0: you can do it. Okay. <laughs> I hope that conversation blessed and encouraged you today. If you don't follow me on Instagram at HaleyWilliams.Kindled, you may have missed that I am having a review drive. I want to hear what you think of Kindled and how it has helped you or encouraged you or been just the right thing at just the right time in your life whether it's an episode or something that a guest has said that really encouraged you, it would be so meaningful and helpful for this podcast if you would review and rate the show. So in order to help you be incentivized to do so, I'm giving away a gift card. The gift card is for a local boutique called Target. Just kidding. It is for Target. And I am—I said on Instagram I was going to do one $50 gift card. But I'm just I'm feeling really generous today so I'm gonna go ahead and make that too so your chances of winning my gift card if you leave a review or tell me that you've already left a review are doubled so go on to iTunes and do that even if you don't have an iPhone you can do it online you can leave a review online on Kindled podcast on the iTunes website so you just Google Kindled it's one of the top results that comes up is Kindled on iTunes and you can leave a review online. So thank you guys so much. Oh, and then to submit your entry and to be entered to win, you have to DM me on Instagram. Send me a DM telling me you left me a review and you're entered. This is happening through Sunday. So October 21st through Sunday, you can win. Make sure to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at HaleyWilliamsKindled on Instagram and Kindled Podcast on Facebook to stay connected and plugged in with all this type of stuff that gets announced on social media during the week. So thank you guys so much and have a great week.